to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma, and I have a riddle for you. What's white in the winter, brown in the summer, and adorable all year long? Stay tuned to find out. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite animals, the totally cool Arctic fox. Ah, I can't wait! But before we learn everything there is to know about the Arctic fox, let's play a little game of Spot the Fake. It's a fake. You're a fake. I'm a fake. Spot the Fake. Okay. I'm gonna tell you the names of four different kinds of fox, and your job is to figure out which one isn't real. Here goes. Fennec fox, bat-eared fox, West Floridian fox, Tibetan sand fox. Hmm, that's a toughie. Stay tuned for the answer at the end of this episode. But now, on to a fox that is anything but fake. The fox that's today's creature feature. Creature feature! Creature feature! Today's creature feature is the Arctic fox, also known as snow fox, polar fox, or white fox, even though it is only white during the winter. Let's start with some Arctic fox facts. Wild and wacky Wild animal facts. Wild and wacky animal facts. Let's start the countdown. Top 10 fantastic fox facts. Number 10. The Arctic fox is a master of camouflage. In the winter, its thick coat is a brilliant white, but in the summer, it thins out and turns a dusty gray brown to help blend in with the surrounding Arctic tundra. Number nine. Arctic foxes enjoy a wide range of foods, from berries and insects to small rodents, birds, and fish. Number eight. Arctic foxes have the largest average litter size of all wild mammals in the world. 11 is the average number of pups. Oh. What I wouldn't give for a basket full of fluffy fox pups. Number seven, Arctic foxes have terrific hearing that lets them hear their prey under the snow. Number six, the Arctic fox is a member of the Canid family, meaning it's related to dogs. Number five, an adult male Arctic fox is called a dog and an adult female is a vixen. Number four, Arctic foxes live in dens. Number three, Arctic foxes have the warmest coats of any animal. They're toasty until about 70 degrees below Celsius. Number two, wolves, polar bears, wolverines, and bald eagles are all predators of the Arctic fox. Uh-oh, now I understand why they need such good camouflage. And number one, although Arctic foxes are still abundant in the Canadian Arctic, Arctic foxes have been disappearing from the southern edge of the tundra around the globe. But don't worry, Earth Rangers are on the case. Stay tuned and later on in the show, I'll tell you how you can help protect these adorable foxes. Okay, wow, Arctic foxes are so cool. But you know what? I'm sure that you're like me, extremely curious about these adorable color-changing foxes. I think we'll have to talk to a real Arctic fox expert and ask her everything about them. 
and I think I actually know who to call. Her name is Jean Clermont from the Université du Québec à Rimouski. She's a doctoral student and studies Arctic foxes in the Arctic. I'm sure she has some cool stuff to tell us about Arctic foxes. Hello? Hi, uh, is this Jeanne? Yes, this is me. Hi, it's um, Earth Ranger Emma. I've been trying to find an Arctic fox expert for quite some time now, and the search hasn't been easy. Please tell me you can help me out here. <laughs> sure, it will be my pleasure. Awesome. So first off, can you tell me a bit about what you do? Yeah, so I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Quebec in Rimouski, and I study the Arctic fox population of Bylot Island, which is located in Nunavut in Canada, close to the community of Pond Inlet. And uh, we do an intensive monitoring of the Arctic fox population over there. Awesome. And what does an average day in the life of a fox researcher look like? Um, it depends on the season. We're on the field from the month of May until the month of August. So we experience winter at the beginning of the season and then spring and summer and fall. First, we fly to the community that's close by, so to Pond Inlet. And from there, we go on the island by helicopter. And when we're over there, if it's the winter, we travel by snowmobile um, to the different areas. But after, during the summers, um, the helicopter we, will pick us up and move us to different areas on the island. And so depending on the season, we do quite different things. So at the beginning of the season, we visit um, fox dens on our, on our study site. And there are around 115 dens on the site. And we visit each den to determine if they are active and if they are used by foxes. And if they are, we will install automated cameras on the den that take pictures so we can know which fox lives where, so on what den. And we can also determine uh, the litter size later in the season. Huh, that's some pretty high-tech research. Yeah. <laughs> now, I imagine the Arctic to be pretty sparse and um, empty, I guess. <laughs> Do you actually get to see a lot of wildlife up there, or is it rare? We actually do see a lot of wildlife. Um, for sure, it's much rarer to observe animals during the winter, but when it gets into the summer, we see a lot of migrating birds. Um, we see, of course, foxes. So um, there's a lot of life over there. Cool. <laughs> if you had to describe Arctic foxes with a single word, what would it be? <laughs> um, I'd say they are very active, so they run around their territory um, intensively to find prey, so every time you see a fox, it's running. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm really jealous looking at pictures of these adorable creatures. Have you ever been really close to one? Yeah, sure. Some of them come very close to us when they meet us on the field. And we also do observations at their den, so we can see them very close by. And we also capture them in cages, so we manipulate them to do different measurements. And so, yeah, I've been very close to a fox. That is so cool. Um, how big are they? Um, they're quite small. They're kind of the size of a house cat, so it's not a big dog. Mm. And how different are Arctic foxes from red foxes? 
So they're quite smaller than red fox, and of course their fur is quite different. So Arctic fox are completely white during the winter, and in the spring will, they will molt, so they will lose their white fur and become gray. Mm. And why does that happen? So it's for, um, for them to be concealed, so they match the color of the snow during the winter, so they are more concealed and it's easier for them to, to catch prey. Ah, that's a very neat adaptation. But I think I've seen pups with black fur. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. There's a what we call a blue morph. So you can find Arctic fox that are kind of grayish blue. Whoa, that's cool. Which coat is the cutest in your opinion? <laughs> I prefer the white coat. <laughs> that's what makes them so unique. Mm. How fast does the fur change from winter to summer? And how do they look in the middle of the process? Um, so when we get to the field in May, most foxes are uh, still completely white. And it takes a few weeks for them to get to their uh, brown-gray fur. So um, some of them will have big patches of hair that fall down. And they, they're not very cute at that time. But it, it lasts for about um, three weeks, I'd say. So there's like an awkward transition stage, I guess. Yeah. I saw a video of Arctic foxes where they jump and stick their head in the snow. I'm wondering, do they really do this? I have never seen a fox do this because we're there um, mostly in the summer. But yeah, during the winter, they do this so they can smell and hear their prey under the snow. And they'll jump in the snow to catch the, the running prey. Oh, so it's for hunting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Are they social animals? Do they live in packs? Um, that's a really good question. Actually, their social uh, system is quite variable across the Arctic. So where I study Arctic fox, they live in pairs. So they will share a territory with their reproducing partner. But in other parts of the Arctic, they will live in small groups as well. Whoa, so they can do both. Yeah. <laughs> is it true that they can walk really large distances in a short time? I heard of an Arctic fox that went from Norway to Canada in 76 days. Yeah, that's true. So in winter, they may travel very uh, great distances, like you said. And also in summer, we found that they can travel um, around 50 kilometers per, per day and up to 80 kilometers in the same day in their territory. Whoa, that's so intense. Yeah. Do they have any enemies? Like, who are Arctic foxes afraid of? What about Arctic wolves? Yeah, though, so this is also something that it's quite variable across the Arctic. So in some areas, Arctic fox, fox have no predators, so they have no enemies. And in the other areas, they can have predators like wolves or red fox or wolverines or bears. But in the area where I study Arctic fox, they have no predators. Well, that must be nice. <laughs> okay, what is one thing that you wish people knew about Arctic foxes? Um, what's really great about Arctic fox is their territoriality. So um, foxes will travel their territories while emitting um, territorial calls. So it's really, really um, impressive when you're there on the field and you hear foxes calling from everywhere around you. And it's really fun to see them travel and call at the same time. 
that sounds so mysterious to, to hear all these different animals talking to each other over distances. That sounds so cool. Yeah, so when there's no wind, we can hear their call from um, a great distance. So it's really fun to hear them. Uh, I'm not sure if they talk to each other or uh, really um, aim their call at, at their neighbor. But usually at night, we hear, we hear foxes from different territories uh, calling. And what do they sound like? Are they like wolves or? No, it's actually really different from wolves. Um, I can try to imitate one. It sounds like ah, ka, 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 ka. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> That's cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about them. They are incredible animals and your work is really important and so cool. You're welcome. It was a pleasure for me too. <laughs> Bye, Jean. <laughs> Bye. Earth Rangers! Wow, okay, that was amazing. It would have been so cool to join her in her adventures in the Arctic. And you know, all this talk about the Arctic has me wondering, which animal is better adapted to the chilly north? The Arctic fox or the Arctic hare? Hmm, I think it's time for an ultimate showdown. Arctic edition. Ultimate showdown. In this Ultimate Showdown, we're going to look at three different features in three rounds and see how the Arctic Fox and the Arctic Hare measure up. Round one. First feature, camouflage. Who blends in better? We know the Arctic Fox changes its coat with the seasons. In warmer weather, it's brown to blend in with the tundra. In the winter, it's bright white to match the snow. But how about the Arctic Hare? It might surprise you to find out that it does the exact same thing. In the wintertime, the Arctic hare has a white coat. In the summer, it's more gray-brown to match its surroundings. This round ends in a tie. Round two. Next up, how about coping with the cold? Which of these creatures is better equipped to deal with all that snow? Well, we know the Arctic fox's coat gets very thick in the winter months. In fact, it actually has the warmest coat of all the Arctic creatures. It also has super furry paws that keep it steady on snowy surfaces. But how about the Arctic hare? Well, it also has a thick winter coat. And it has strong back feet that act like snowshoes and prevent it from sinking into the snow. Their front feet have claws that help them dig through the snow for food, mostly moss and lichens in the winter. But because of its extra warm coat, the Arctic fox wins this one by a nose. Final round. Finally, which creature can move fastest? Well, it turns out that the Arctic fox can reach speeds of 30 kilometers per hour. Not bad. But that's only half as fast as an Arctic hare can run. It reaches speeds of 60 kilometers per hour. This round has a clear winner, the Arctic hare. Whew, that sure was a close ultimate showdown, Earth Rangers. Both the Arctic Fox and Arctic Hare are really well suited to life in the frosty north. Now I asked you a question earlier in the show. Which of these foxes is fake? Fennec Fox, Fat-Eared Fox, West Floridian Fox, Tibetan Sand Fox. Hmm, can you guess? 
If you said the West Floridian fox, you're correct. That one I totally made up. These other three foxes, however, they're real. The Fenix fox is the smallest fox species in the world, except for its huge ears. Why are their ears so big? To help dissipate heat from the fox's body. Fennec foxes live in North African deserts, after all. The bat-eared fox is also the owner of pretty gigantic ears, and for the same reason. Thermoregulation is the official term. This fox is an insectivore. That means it eats insects. Finally, the Tibetan sand fox. It lives at high elevations between 2,500 and 5,200 meters. It enjoys eating pikas, marmots, and hares. These foxes are quite distinctive looking, with big, blocky heads. Huh. Okay, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I just love foxes. Oh, and in case you haven't heard, you can now adopt an Arctic fox of your very own. Okay, okay, so it won't be a real live fox that you get to love and care for. I wish. But you will be helping the real ones by symbolically adopting an Arctic fox through the Earth Rangers Animal Adoption Program. I personally have an Arctic fox plushie named Marshmallow, and she is so cute, so soft, so perfect for cuddling. Plushie adoption kits include a super adorable plushie, a certificate, and a poster. And when you make your purchase through the Earth Rangers app, you'll also earn points to help you level up on your Earth Rangers journey, plus a set of virtual rewards you can show off. Don't have the app? No worries. You can find all of our plushies at www.theearthrangershop.com. Are digital adoption packages more your style? They're only $10 and an Earth Rangers app exclusive. These include a virtual badge, a virtual animal to accompany your avatar on the home screen in the app, a cool avatar bonus item, and a virtual adoption certificate. Your adoption will support McGill University researcher Emily Choi as she examines the effects of climate change on a common Arctic fox prey species that build murs on Coates Island in the Arctic. Arctic foxes are frequently seen cruising the shores of Coates Island looking for seabird nests where they'll feast on your eggs during the summer when colonies nest in the thousands. Protecting the integrity of these colonies is crucial to ensuring that this food source remains stable for Arctic foxes. Okay, before we finish today's episode, let's hear about a wild animal encounter story one of you listeners had. Today, I have a real treat for you guys. I always love hearing from our listeners from around the world. And we have a really awesome listener in Australia called Archer. Well, he goes by Archer the Nature Kid, actually. He's really interested in understanding biodiversity and what needs to be done to manage and protect the world we live in. And he just sent us a really awesome, kind of scary, animal encounter story. Check it out. Hello guys, I'm Archie. I live in Australia, Walla Walla. And this is the story of my deadly encounter of one dangerous creature. Now first up, I'm seven, but to hear this story, I'm only five. I go to frog hunting at my dried up swamp with my family, Evie and Elka, my two sisters, and mum and dad. 
other side of the swamp. I ran the same direction. But when I was in the very middle, I felt something scaly and bit slimy. And Dad said, Stop, Archie, stop! He was crikey loud. So I looked down to investigate and I saw King Brown Snakes. One of the most deadliest snakes in Australia, crikey, venomous. And then, wherever I moved, his body moved. And Frankie, he was scared. He was just as scared as me. Now, then he quickly slithered into his den because he was even scareder than me when he, at the end, and I go back frog hunting with my sisters. That was the story of the deadly encounter I danced with the top venomous snake in Australia. See ya, dudes. That was such a scary story. But it's true. The snake was probably more afraid than Archer was. I'm so happy everything ended up fine. Oh, and to all our listeners, if you do see a snake, please don't get close. Sometimes it's hard to tell if it's venomous or not. So it's better to keep distance for both you and the snake. Here in Canada, we have two venomous snakes, the Mississauga rattlesnake and the prairie rattlesnake. We actually just featured a really cool quiz on our blog about how to tell the difference between Massasauga rattlers and a harmless eastern milk snake. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. And always remember, if we're out in nature, we're the visitors in the animals' home, so we need to respect their boundaries and not try to get too close. Well, thank you so much for your story, Archer. And to all of our listeners, please don't go chasing after deadly animals. But if you see a cute red fox while hiking in nature or in the city park, It could be an interesting story for us. Don't forget, if you send us your story, you'll automatically get entered for a chance to win an amazing Earth Rangers prize pack containing an Earth Rangers water bottle, a limited edition button set, and a surprise plushie. I just can't wait to hear your stories. Well, Earth Rangers, this has been quite the fascinating foray into foxes. I hope you learned as much as I did and that maybe foxes are your new favorite animal. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep on ranging. Earth Rangers. Earth Rangers. Earth Rangers. Earth Rangers. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago, and it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com.